Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. All right, good morning. How are you doing this morning? You doing well? Yeah. You glad to be at church this morning? Yes. See, come on. That sounded weak. That was lame sauce. Are you glad to be at church? So, so Sunday's my favorite day of the week. You know, I don't know how your weeks go. Um, I work with some shady people, and uh, sometimes Sunday is what I need to get me through the week is all the, all the people I work with. And uh, so, so I, I don't know what you go through. You went through last week or what you may go through this week, but today let's make the most of it, uh, and, and we're just glad that you're here. Uh, f- first off, uh, we, we uh, think it's important as a leadership team uh, to be a house of honor. Um, you know, we, we think it's important for those that are coming up after us to show them what it means to honor those who gone before us. Uh, so, so we like to try to try to set and be a house of honor. So since I have the pleasure of bringing the word today, um, I, I, I'm in his pulpit. So I want to give honor to our lead pastor, Pastor Brad Livingston, his wife, Ashley, two amazing people. You know, me and Brad go way back, way back, about 20 years, back to middle school, skating rink day. Shout out Dreamland. Yes, sir. Uh, those, were the, those were the days. Uh, we talk about Dreamland like uh, once a week at least about, about the good old days. So me, Brad, Tommy, uh, we, we really go back. Had you told me back then that uh, he and I would be leading a church together, uh, now I would have laughed right in your face because um, that just sounded absolutely insane that anyone would ever um, – here we, here we are. So nonetheless, nonetheless, here we are. Uh, God had a plan and it's amazing. So it's an honor to serve alongside uh, and, and under Pastor Brad. He's, he, he's, a, he's a great pastor. He's a great leader. Um, and, and, and more importantly than that, I appreciate his friendship. So Brad, wherever you, I don't know where, where you went, but uh, man, we really appreciate you. And Pastor Dan, you as well. You and Miss Kathy are amazing people. I get the, the opportunity to, to sit sometimes and just, he's a man of wisdom and character and integrity. And we get to, to, to glean and, and, and learn from him on so many levels. He doesn't know the impact that he's had on so many people. I don't, I don't think, and he, he's just the most humble person I, I, I think I, I can come across. Uh, so we just appreciate Pastor Dan and Pastor Brad. One time, let's put it together for our lead and founding pastor, Brad and uh, Pastor Dan Livingston. So if you're, uh, if you're new here with us, if this is your first time or you've been coming just for a couple weeks checking us out, a couple of things. Number one, welcome. Uh, we are glad that you're here. And we, we don't say that just to kind of uh, placate to you or patronize you. It's not one of those things. We just, we're so glad that you're here. Like we, we truly are glad that you're here for a couple reasons. One, we believe that uh, God has a plan for you. And we believe that God wants to do something not only in you, but through you. Uh, we believe that if you're here, whether you believe fully what we believe or not yet, that's okay. That's cool. We're just glad that you're here. This church is a better church because you're here in it today. Uh, so we're, we, we really believe that God has a plan. So we're excited. We believe that as you come, he'll speak to you and he will, he'll, he'll start to change and do things. So no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, we believe God wants to do something better uh, and he wants to bless you and he wants to use you in powerful ways that you probably can't even fathom yet. And that's okay. Uh, second is we are Jesus people. Uh, uh, that's what, who we are as a church. Now, maybe that's obvious, um, but we uh, are Jesus people. We believe that Jesus is uh, real. We believe he really lived. We believe that he was a man and then he was also God. And we just really dig him here. Like we really love him and uh, we, we worship him. Uh, that he's the only reason by which we gather today without him. We'd have no reason to come here and, and, and do this. So uh, that's who we're going to talk about. When you show up here, uh, we're going to talk about him in some form or fashion. We were, we were just singing about him. I love that song. What a powerful name it is. And it's his name that we're singing and, and that we're praising today. So we, we truly worship him. So you may not believe all in all that yet. Um, 
Um, and that's cool. Uh, you, that, no, no, you, you don't have to uh, believe to belong. So we're, we're, just, we're just glad you're here. Uh, so I want to talk today. Um, last week, Karen preached an awesome message on the, on the, oh, I spilled water. On the, uh, on the topic of the joy of the Lord. So what she did is we're going to, she started it. We're going to spend a few weeks kind of on this theme of the fruits of the spirit. And the book of Galatians, we're not going to be in that today, but the, the book of Galatians chapter five talks about the fruits of the spirit. <clears throat> and it, it, before it lists the fruits of the spirit, it talks about several things. It, it, it lists some things. It lists some, some behaviors, some character traits, or, or some even decisions that we can make as humans. And it says, these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then it goes to verse 22 and it says, but, small word, big implications. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long suffering. It lists all these things that are the fruit of the spirit. So what does that even mean? Uh, A better way to say that is maybe the the evidence of the spirit, right? And and what does that mean? So as a Jesus person, as a Jesus follower, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit, God's spirit lives with inside of me, right? It lives with inside of you if you've placed your faith in Jesus. So Since I believe in Jesus and his spirit is within me, there should be fruit. There should be evidence of that in my life. The first one being love. Begs the question, what kind of love? I just talked about loving Jesus. I really love Jesus, but I also really love tacos. Now, my love for tacos does not equal my love for Jesus. If it did, we'd have a problem. Uh, but, but I use the same word to describe them. So when we talk about love, it's important to, to understand what kind of love we're talking about. So we have to go back and look at what, it, what is love to God? What is his kind of love? And that's what we're going to focus on today. I want to kind of center our time together on the idea of God's love. So I, <clears throat> I want to... I want to go to a scripture uh, in, the, in the Bible. We, we love the Bible. We believe it's God's word, and we're going to preach out of it. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to read uh, arguably the most famous verse in all of scripture. If you've memorized any verse at all, there's a high probability that this one is it. Um, there, and I think there's a good reason for that. But let's read it. We're going to be in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world. God, the the God who speaks and galaxies are created. The God that knows the stars by name. The God that knows every hair on your head. The God of all creation loves the world and everyone on it. Let's go to also to Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. This is also fairly, fairly famous uh, verses of scripture here. We're going to be uh, starting chapter 6. It says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one, die, will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. What's he saying here? Is he, he's saying is maybe there's someone out there, a hero of some kind, who would die for a righteous man. Perhaps we could find someone who'd be willing to die for a good man. Go to the next verse. But God, God demonstrates, I like this part, his own love. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. And Jesus came and died for us while we were still weak, 
while we were ungodly, while we were still sinful. In essence, God loves so much that he gave his son to die for bad people. It's hard for us to fathom that sometimes. It's hard to comprehend God's love. You know, God can't help himself. God is love. Now, not all love is God, and love is not the deity that we worship, but our God is love. And God cannot deny himself. We are the objects of his obsession. And nothing can change that. That verse, God so loved the world, includes you. You ever heard the term groupie? You know anything about groupies? So a groupie is, uh, essentially a groupie is a, a fanatic, right? They are utterly obsessed. And generally it's, a, it's females, no offense ladies, but tends to, be, tends to be females for whatever reason. You figure that out. Um, but when you think of groupies, um, you, you think of them being utterly obsessed. And usually it's an entertainer or a celebrity or an artist of some, of some type. And what they do is they end up stalking this person, Instagram, posters on the walls. They go to the con. They know everything about them. I grew up around a groupie. She's actually here today. It's kind of funny. Uh, I grew up around a groupie. Let's put the picture up. So uh, my, my stepsister, uh, Nicole, was a bit of a groupie. And uh, th- this is NSYNC. For, for those of you who may be unaware, uh, boy band extraordinaire out of the late 90s, early 2000. Uh, more importantly, Justin Timberlake, that was her, her guy. Uh, and and it, was, it was quite a situation in our house because uh, she, it's all she, she did, it's all she talked about. She had the tapes and we'd watch the music videos and uh, Total Request Live. You remember TRL after school, anyone? Y'all are maybe too old or too young, either one. Uh, Total Request Live, you'd want to see where the video were, where the video number one that day. She would learn the dance moves. She would con her little sister into doing them too. I was not into all that. Uh, I was way older and cooler. And, uh, and, and she was utterly obsessed with NSYNC. It was nasty. Absolutely disgusting. That was her, those were her boys. And we're all laughing about, about groupies because we all, all of us know something about groupies. We know that uh, by definition, groupies are deceived. Because see, groupies have convinced themselves that if I could just meet JT, he would absolutely love me back. And we could get married and he, he, we, we, could, we could go on, 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 go on tour with him and we would be happily ever after if he could only meet me. The hard part is, is as a good stepbrother, I want to sit her down or as a parent, you may be a parent of, of a groupie or been a friend of someone. And what you want to do is you want to sit this person down and, and you say, look, this is, this is unhealthy. We got we to have a conversation because what you're doing is not healthy. And you want to tell this person, like, not only is JT not going to marry you, he doesn't even know you exist. Now, this could be devastating to the groupie. Now, that wouldn't have made me mad. I've never been a groupie. You want to make me mad, you tell me Popeye's chicken is going out of business. Popeye's chicken's serious, right? We could stop right there. Have a good Sunday. But groupies are deceived. It was funny as I read, I read John 3.16 and I'm reading about God's love. It doesn't say God loves the world. It says he so, he, he so loves the world. Have you ever met a dad or a mom with the bad case of the so loves? My kid is an excellent student at whatever school and got the, all the stickers and the soccer games. And 
So I read John 3, 16, and I read about his love for us. And in Romans, you know, talking about Jesus dying for bad people. And, 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 and I, as a, as a follower of Jesus, like, I want to sit God down, and I want to, I want to have a conversation with him like I would do my stepsister, say, God, we, we got to talk. Like, this is awkward. I know you're the, the God of all creation, but you're starting to act a little bit like a groupie. You're utterly obsessed, God. You're giving a lot of yourself. You're putting yourself through a lot of stuff. You're giving so much of yourself. You gave your son to die for people who may never reciprocate the love. And that's what God's love is. We can't even figure it out sometimes. It doesn't make sense to us. But we are the objects of his obsession. In your notes, there's three three small points I want to talk about when it comes to God's love First, God's love is illogical. God's love is illogical to us. Using our logical brains, our our finite, small, limited knowledge brains, God's love is illogical. We can't make sense of it. It makes zero sense sometimes to think about him sending his son to die for people that may never reciprocate. Next is God's love is irrational. We try to rationalize his love. We try try to... reconcile it in our brains and a lot of times we have a hard time because I know I've done things that aren't worthy of his love yet he still sent his son to die for me I can't rationalize that that doesn't make sense to me and the third is God's love is not conditional it's not conditional on your love towards him back it's not conditional on how good you've been or how good you haven't been God's love is not conditional on you Seven hundred and fifty years, <clears throat> excuse me, seven hundred and fifty years before Jesus would come to the planet and solve the sin problem. God said God says he wants to demonstrate his love toward his people. And he chose to do that through a young man by the name of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet in Israel. He lived in the northern territory of Israel. And many prophets in the Old Testament, you know, they got to not only preach their prophecies, but they actually had to live them out. God comes to Hosea, he says, look, here's what we're going to do is, I want you to marry a prostitute. Surely Hosea says, excuse me, uh, come again, Lord? I need to hear that a little louder. God says, I want you to marry a prostitute. So he does, he, he meets a prostitute that he, and he marries her, takes her as his wife. What's her name? Her name is Gomer. Bummer of a name. So they're married, Hosea and Gomer, and they have a baby boy, and a little while later they have a baby girl, and then they have another baby boy, and for a while things seem to be going good. Things seem to be clicking on all cylinders, and one day Hosea wakes up and Gomer's not in bed. So he gets up to to check, see if she got up, goes in the living room, looking for, goes into the kitchen, She's, she's not there. He looks all around the house, kids' room, and she's, she's gone. She left. And Hosea's there, and three kids, single dad now. Gomer's nowhere to be found. She's back to her old life. Surely, Hosea, there were some hard days, some hard nights. The embarrassment is going to be for real. He's a famous person in Israel as a prophet. And he's thinking, you know, I'm supposed to be a beacon of hope to the nation and I can't even keep my own wife at home. 
And then finally God comes to Hosea. He says, look, here's the plan. Go find her. Okay. And marry her again. Again? Yeah. And that's where we pick up the story in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord said, go find her, Hosea. Go again. Love a woman who was loved by a lover and is right now committing adultery. And then look what's after the comma. Just like the love of the Lord for Israel. Who looked to the other gods and, and loved the raising cakes of the, of the pagans. In other words, they looked to things, stuff, society, possessions. They looked to these things to find purpose and meaning in all these things. Go find her, Hosea. What a heart-wrenching process that must have been. As you go looking for your wife, who's a former prostitute, who's now back into prostitution, where do you go looking for her, friends? What is that search like? How painful is that pursuit? So Jose is out walking the streets, the streets that everyone says, you don't go to that part of town. Men of God aren't seen in those neighborhoods. There's Hosea. He's in the red light district. He's searching the brothels. He's on in the, in the bad parts of town looking for who? His wife of all people. And he says in verse two, so I bought her. I bought her for myself. I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. Wait a second, Hosea, that's your wife. She's already yours. I mean, what's the scene like? What are the chances? He stumbles in and he sees her up on a pedestal, shackled, chained, naked, being sold to the highest bidder. And, and he sees his wife and he says, Excuse me, sir, that, that's my wife. And the guy says, you know, I, I don't care who you say she is, she's mine and she's for sale. Hosea, what's the price? And he pays for what is already his. Now you gotta, you gotta understand something in this. Hosea is a picture of God and no offense, you and I are a picture of Gomer. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Mankind is the unique possession of the creator God. Yet he paid a dear price. He paid to purchase back what he already possessed and he sent his son to spill his blood to purchase back what in fact he already owned. Hosea gets the money, what was that exchange like? No doubt he looks her in the eyes and surely she can't even face him. You know, she's thinking, I, I abandoned him and I abandoned our three kids and I never imagined he would come searching for me. Yet he insists on buying me, buying me. All these other men sought to buy Gomer to use her. Hosea seeks to buy her to heal her. And then go to verse three. Look what he's doing here. He's, he's renewing his vows to her. That's what he's doing. 
He says to her, you shall stay with me. You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. And I'll do the same for you. It's not what I would have said. It's not what I would have said. Then in verse four, for the children of Israel shall abide. This is where it shifts. This is where Hosea presses in. The spirit of God comes on Hosea and he starts to prophesy. It's no longer about Hosea and Gomer at this point. He's now speaking of something that is to come. He's speaking about something, something bigger. And he says in verse five, afterward, there's going to come a season. He didn't know it'd be 750 years, but it would. It would be difficult. It would be unclear and it would be challenging. But then the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. And then notice what it says in the next verse. Then they shall fear the Lord. Now the people of Israel knew what it meant to fear the Lord. Under the old system of relating to God, they lived in terror of him. They could not keep God's commands. They could not keep his laws. They lived in terror of his wrath and his judgment. But Hosea standing there saying, there will come a day, there will come a Messiah and he will finally appease and satisfy the wrath and judgment of God. And in those days, we will fear and being all of his goodness. The fear of the people will not be of terror. It will be in the awe of his graciousness toward humanity. So Hosea just bought Gomer, even though she was already his. This is the picture of the gospel. Salvation completes the work. Despite, in spite of our sins, in spite of our doings, in spite of running away, and he stands there and says, there will come a day that King David will arise, a, a Messiah will arise, and we will fear his goodness in those days. <clears throat> These are the days we live in. We're in those days, guys. Our Hosea has come. Salvation has come. And he found you. And he found me. And he had to go to the most despicable places and he had to communicate and associate with, with sinful, broken humanity. And by the way, when God found you, you weren't so nice and neat and put together either. You were in chains and you were naked and you were sinful and so was I. And our gracious God said, how much? How much? The blood of your son. Because then and only then can they, humanity, escape the wrath and the judgment that is rightfully on their heads. God says, very well, I give my son. And that's the picture of the gospel. Uh, other than the, the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection, many scholars believe the story of Hosea and Gomer is the, most, uh, is the most beautiful form of God's love on display. Hosea has to live out 
He has to live out the prophecy. We, as the Gomer, we're constantly running from God, constantly going back to our old ways, constantly being in a, in, in a life that is not honoring of him, yet he comes looking for us. Even when we never thought he would. God's love is, it's illogical, it's irrational, it's not conditional. Let's pray. God, we, we want to spend a moment, Lord. We thank you for, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love. I didn't earn it and I don't deserve it. God, we, we're in awe of your goodness this morning, God. In this place today, Lord, I pray right now, God, Holy Spirit, that you, would, that you would open the ears of those sitting here that need to hear from you in this moment. That you would open the eyes of those, God, who have yet to see you for who you truly are, Lord. That you would open the hearts of those that need a touch from you today in this moment, Lord. For those sitting here in the room, unsure, maybe they thought that there was all these religious processes we had to go through to get to God. And through this story of Hosea and Gomer, we realized that you came searching for us. We don't have to come searching for you. So in this moment, we rest for just a minute with eyes closed. And there may be someone here that feels something within them. That's God speaking to you. Let him, it's okay. And maybe you're, maybe you're here in the room and you say, you know, I, I didn't know it could be like that. I didn't know God was searching for me. I didn't know. Jesus completes us, you know. Nothing has to be added. Nothing can be added. He completes us. And in this moment, if you feel incomplete, he wants to complete you. So what we want to do is, I want to pray for you. Um, we're, we're not going to embarrass anyone. We're not going to point anyone out. I just want to pray with you. And if you're here today and you say, you know, I, I need to give my life to Jesus and I want to accept what he's done for me and I want to be complete in him. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just slip your hand up. Say, Jesus, complete me. God bless you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Now we're going to pray together, all of us. And this prayer doesn't, this prayer doesn't make you saved. All this prayer does is put words to what is happening inside of you. So we're going to pray together as a church, everyone. Pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you were born of a virgin. I believe that you walked this earth as a man. I believe that you were crucified, that you were dead, and you were buried. And I believe three days later, you arose. And now you sit in heaven with God, preparing a place for me. The Bible says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I can be saved. So I confess to you today, God, I'm a sinner, 
who needs a savior. Save me today, Jesus. I give you my life. Come into my heart. I make you Lord of all. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for those who prayed that prayer for the very first time. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.